Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Right, so we're back in the room, fully fed. We've got our pints going down nicely. How are you feeling, Peter? Good Pretty so happy. Far? Yeah. yeah, lovely. I, few... do, I do love talking about football and drinking beer. Yeah. And yeah. eating as well. Well, all of that's good, isn't it? And I have to say also, this pub we're in, the Royal Oak, is the only, I think, one of the only Harvey's own pubs in London. And we are drinking, well, I'm drinking a bit of the, yeah. uh, the good stuff. You're I'm drinking Camden Hill, so... Uh, oh, sure, Northwest thing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, North but, London at heart. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a Sussex boy, you know how it is. Anyway, so, um, yeah, we're back in the room. And uh, we wanted to talk about the latter stages of this podcast. We're aware it's a bit of a bumper episode. It won't always be this long. But there's quite a bit to get through. And uh, we wanted to talk as well about how things have gone this season and various other aspects that we've already talked about. There's one big issue that's come up as well, which is the end of a decade. We've finished the noughties, the, no, not the noughties, the tens. Is that right? The 2010s? It doesn't sound right. I mean, it's Whatever not much else you can call yeah, it, really. Yeah. That, that one. Anyway, we're, we're talking about that. We're looking at really what we've done in this year, on and off the pitch. It's been quite momentous, isn't it? There's been some ups and downs, mainly ups, and um, some massively significant moments early in the decade. Um, so, what do you think about this 2010s period, Peter? Obviously, it's been, I would say, up there with the 70s, probably, as Albion's, which obviously I wasn't around for, the uh, Albion's best decade, I would say. Um, both decades, we started off in the third tier and mm. ended up in the top flight. I would say, arguably, this is a more sustainable one. Yeah. Tony Bloom's putting in place systems which will ensure that it doesn't, the same things don't happen again, mm. whereas in the 70s, it was possibly on the back of money that was there but only based on one person and not mm. necessarily very sustainable longer term, yeah, yeah. which then led to everything that happened with Chillingham and, yeah. you know, kind of all the, all the issues with Goldstone and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I think this is arguably the best decade of Albion's history. And mm. this is coming from obviously someone starting watching the 90s, but even looking back, um, although we didn't win the Charity Shield, which, Charity Shield, which we did in the, the 1910s. Yeah. So you could argue that it's been terrible, really. Champions of England. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I, I would say, obviously, there's the obvious highlights, the obvious big things. Um, the pr- two promotions, there's been moving to the Amex, 
first game at the Amex, which obviously was ridiculous. I mean, the, oh. who could make up the yeah. the Buckley last minute, 97? It's fairy tale whatever. stuff. It is it? literally, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it was, you couldn't really make it up. There's been the other obvious, you know, highlight, the Premier League promotion. Um, the forgotten now, in a way, promotion to the Championship, which was in its own right incredible. I mean, although mm. it wasn't in this decade, last decade, the win at, wins at Charlton and Peterborough were amazing. Mm. Games against like Carlisle and, and Dagenham at home, we won four three. Were were brilliant. The March we won every single game. Yeah, eight out of eight. Well, well the Withdean period was obviously preceded, or mainly preceded this decade. Um, we had what was it twelve years? We had I think four promotions. We did, yeah, two of them title wins. Incredible, well, three of them actually. Three, three of them, three times. yeah, and one brilliant day at the Millennium Stadium. <laughs> yeah. So we, bizarrely, despite all the misgivings we had about Withdean and how it's not sustainable and it can't be a long term thing, and that's all true. Bizarrely, we still managed to have mm. a pretty good time. And speaking of, as someone who started watching in the nineties, mm. I, it, barring the playoff season, my first season watching, my f- first real highs of watching Albion mm. were in were at Withdean. The first real kind of genuine kind of players who you turned up because you wanted to you wanted to watch them. Samora yeah. specifically was at Withdean. You know, there wasn't really anything. Mm. I mean, my time at watching the Goldstone, barring the first season when we. Drew at Anfield in the cup and got to the playoff final was pretty dreadful. I mm. mean, it was it was genuinely. Well, we got relegated our second season, had four years in what's now League One, then got relegated again, and then almost went out of business, and then had two years at Gillingham. I mean, it was mm. a, a dread, dreadful era. And so the with Dean, I will always hold in you know with a lot of kind of you know in my heart because it was a, such a you know a big turnaround. The mm. success we had, yes, we had the last maybe five years before Poyet came along were pretty awful, mm. but. Before that, we were brilliant. Yeah, and as, as you mentioned, Poyet. I mean, he was coming in at the somewhere around the turn of the decade, and he was the man that transformed this club into a football-playing, possession-based team. It was very calculated. It was a very particular style to the way he played. It wasn't the flamboyance of a, of a Potter team uh, or other teams that we've seen in this current era elsewhere, but it was certainly a calculated, tactical team had a very particular drill. Um, people like Ashley yeah. Barnes, another of the scapegoat characters we've had in the past, he was actually doing a particular job that wasn't particularly his his forte, and he was filling in in that role and executing what was being drilled into him, as were other players across the field. And you only have to look at some of the players, maybe, who where they went afterwards... Barnes actually, for example, did really well. Who fans? Um, I don't know. People, everyone loved Brigcut, yeah. and he's done nothing since he left Albion. Yeah. Even under Poyet at Sunderland, he did nothing. But that, that was certainly a revolution, wasn't it? That period under Poyet, which obviously went into the, the new decade and saw us at the new stadium, um, getting promoted in our first, shall we say, our first full season of the decade, uh, in order to then be into the Championship for the first season at the Amex. Was just again fairy tale stuff, as was the first game. That I think it was had. so vital being up there because mm. I mean, yeah, there's always a lot to talk about whether we fill the Amex and all the crap about how you can't fill with Dean. How can you ignoring the fact that with Dean was not a football stadium? It was a mm. you know it was never a stadium built for football. It was an athletic stadium that was not even built for athletics barely. It was like minor league athletics. Yeah. And all these clubs sanctimoniously talking about how, you know, Albion didn't have the fans and, and yeah. then once we did saying, you know, oh where were you all at with Dean, that sort of thing. Speaking of someone who was at with Dean, I can you know, and has seen to get every year there, I completely understand why people weren't mm. there. It was yeah. not a good experience watching football there. Mm. You know, on a sunny a sunny day in, in July, August, mm. it was perfectly nice, you know, perfectly nice playing football. But on a pissing down day in December, yeah. it was horrendous. And 
apart there were a lot the, of those. Apart from the December part, that was going to say the pissing down bit is pretty relentless. Yeah. I think in the Wood team. Well, the one that one that stuck in my mind always was that Swindon game in the playoffs. Yeah. When we got abs- oh. I went to Swindon in the away game and we got absolutely boiling on the in the, on the terrace at Swindon or the Sassiti <laughs> mining goal with no roof. And then, the, like four days later, it absolutely poured down <laughs> it didn't st- and getting absolutely drenched. It, yeah, it didn't stop all game. It, it didn't it? seem to matter, did it? The yeah. time of year, it just rained. It was yeah. windy, and that was it. But I mean, I think we've we've had generational shifts here and there. But Whitdean was an interesting period. The Amex era, I mean, the, the whole decade virtually has been the Amex, hasn't it? Pretty much, and. We've done quite well. We've had promotion seasons. We've had one bad year in the championship, but we've, we've, had, we've had one bad year in it and some been, bad moments. Poyet, yeah, Palace issue yeah. obviously was two gate yeah, <laughs> coach driver, but um, was um, a, a major issue. The Hoopier season, which yeah, I mean, Hutton didn't really improve that much, probably, but kept mm. us up, which is the main thing. Yeah, but most of it's been uh, aspirational. It's been in the ascendancy to some degree. Eventually, we got the promotion. Well, in six year championship, we had three playoffs, one promotion. One top ten, which in the first season wasn't a bad thing, and one struggle. Yeah, it's pretty impressive for him considering where we came from. Yeah, and we look at the 2016-17 season, the promotion year, um, fantastic. One of my favourite experiences. I'm, as I said, I was a glory hunter watching the first four years in the top flight, but I was just too young to have gone to the last season getting promoted into the top flight. So for me, that was a new experience as well, and I did have a conscious awareness of how this related to the past and how you could you could feel the the vibes and the equivalent memories of those that have gone before us and to have our own memories you know just coming to tears on the pitch yes I was on the pitch uh, for that one uh, despite being in the west upper I have sailed down or something like that but you weren't talking <laughs> to the Wigan fans though That's I wasn't I didn't go and talk to the Wigan fans no <laughs> but um you know th- those moments were Highly emotional. What a night out we had. I always remember that night at Norwich, even though we lost 2-0, yeah. when they didn't have a shot on target, which is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, going to Norwich and basically going to the game pretty pissed, to be honest. Hmm. And Like the players. Like. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and not really caring. And I mean, to be honest, I thought we were going to beat Bristol City anyway then, so I didn't really care in a sense. But just enjoying myself and, hmm. you know, being like, we're going to be in a... You know, we're, this is our first game we've confer- after we've confirmed we're in the Premier League. Yeah. And it's you know, and s- actually not being as bothered as I should have been after Villa. I think I saw you up there. Yeah, I think, we, yeah. I think we had our free drink we were given together. We did, yeah, we did. And um, I wouldn't mind going there again actually this season. If, uh, no, I definitely. Yeah, that's quite a good I turned there. down the chance to go away at Easter with my fiance yeah. to go to Norwich, which is probably a oh. well, <laughs> probably a, a rash decision. <laughs> well, I don't know how long you can call her your fiance <laughs> for much longer anyway, <laughs> but. Norwich away is a good one of those. Yeah, it was like my top of the days. list. I yeah, thought. Yeah. Sure, Norwich away were my two top of the list this season. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. So yeah, I mean, we've had some we had some great times. Um, also, in the last couple of years, as well as continuing our Premier League existence, we've had a couple of really good cup runs, which is very uncharacteristic for us in our general modern history. Um, quarterfinals a couple of years ago, semi-final last year. Uh, we're not going anywhere near that this year, of course, but that was quite nice. Bit of a refreshing I think change, it's, isn't it? Um, isn't that two quarterfinals in the same as we've had in our history before ever? Yeah, we've done double, yeah. I think. Yeah, and yeah, no. and also twice, well, once past the quarterfinals, just same in our history. So it's pretty impressive. Um, I mean, I'm pretty relaxed. I mean, I saw what happened last year after we thought what happened last year after we got to the finals. Yeah. It didn't do us any good. Yeah. I'm, I'm reasonably relaxed about not being there this year, but hmm. yeah, we've had the. 
Yeah. Two cup runs. I, while I think in a couple of years' time, I'll be more bothered if I think hopefully possible to develop us to a squad, we could win the FA Cup maybe or have mm. at least a chance. Whereas now, I think at the moment, we've not got the depth to really no. compete and also to, you know, keep our league position, especially with the fifth round now being midweek and mm. having an extra game away, you know, kind of in the middle of the week. So, yeah, yeah. No, totally agree with that. And the other highlight, of course, is, is just the fact that we've been in the Premier League now for three seasons. I'm pretty confident we'll be in there a fourth season. Which is, again, um, a matching our best ever. Yeah, Exactly, and I know that's going out of this decade that we're talking about, but nonetheless, it's part of that sequence, and I think that's fantastic. That and obviously, that, that, that first season, especially, was like some of the highs of yeah. watching Albion beat Arsenal at home, Man beat Man U at home to survive, and that, yeah. and that Friday night game. West Ham away, yeah, them. West Ham away, beating Man U second season as well yeah. at home when we when we really beat them. <laughs> having, I mean, I was at Watford that first game last season, and we were dreadful, yeah. and to turn it round like we did and beat Man U was just. Hmm. Phenomenal. We've, we've mentioned, obviously, the highlights of this season earlier in the podcast, but the one in between, the season gone just before, there was one really, really good combination, shall we say, pair of highlights that I really enjoyed last season. Do yeah. you think what I'm talking um, about? I'm here? wondering if you might be talking about games against Huddersfield. No, not quite. <laughs> uh, possibly Palace, then. Oh, it might be. It might be. <laughs> and yes, that, that was, home game was... was yeah. I mean, in a way, I thought we were pretty quite lucky to win. Knock our argument shouldn't have been on the pitch. Anyway, look at it. And I'm not even sure you can argue. I yeah. think it's, he shouldn't have been on. But well, the only possible reason was that Milivojevic went in as yeah. badly and just happened to get to the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time, but yeah. other than that, there was no real argument. Yeah. We didn't deserve to win that game. No. At home, we battered them with ten yeah. men. Which three was... three one. The the consolation goal that flattered them, didn't it? In yeah. That match. We, we they, they just didn't turn up. Vastly we? superior. I mean, in a way, this season they didn't turn up either. I mean, if it's 20, yeah. except for 20 minutes at the end, that's what's so frustrating in a way. Yeah. We absolutely hammered them. I mean, we... Well, that ties in with the performance versus results yeah. um, ratio we talked it's about. It's Palace and Newcastle away, but arguably the mm. two most yeah. obvious ones. West Ham home, I'd say, as well, in that sense. And probably Burnley at home. It, yeah, although few... I didn't think we were that dominant against Burnley. I thought we probably deserved to win, but I thought mm. we'd had other games where we were more dominant, possibly. Yeah. Newcastle away and, and Palace away and, yeah. and West Ham home were the three we really, really... Yeah. And Villa away for half an yeah. hour as well that we but really I, battered teams. I do think we've got results we deserved. We've um, not got results we did deserve, but we, we've only once got a result we didn't deserve. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. It's the Everton, the upcoming yeah. Everton game. But, um, yeah, overall, I think... Uh, those are certainly some of the highlights anyway. And um, I wanted to talk also just briefly about, um, well, unless you've got any other highlights to talk about for the, no, for the decade, favourite players of the decade. And possibly if you wanted to talk about best 11s or best squads of 15 or 18. It's an interesting topic. Well, first of all, favourite players in general. I mean, I guess we've got to talk about uh, that Spanish man, Vicente, Vicente. He's, he's up there, isn't he? I know he was injured a lot. He but. is. He, I mean, on his day, I'm not. I'm not sure. Fun enough, he get into my eleven. Hmm. Weirdly, ah, because I he think be fit. <laughs> exactly. He's, he wasn't available. But in terms of a player, I've watched play for Albion and just be some of those moments. That goal at Ipswich and yeah. that goal he almost scored against Derby, which was ridiculous. Yeah. He was on his day. He was just. Hmm. Amazing, but he had so few days. It's kind of like yeah. Portsmouth as well was another. Yeah, game Portsmouth. Well. Yeah, in that first season, yeah. Yeah. and Leeds away, he changed it when the, yeah. the, the playoff season. He got our playoff place yeah. by coming on and making a huge difference. I mean, definitely one of my favourite players. It's more, it's more the concept of him than the actuality yeah. because of the injuries. I, th- I think in terms of favourite players of the decade, hmm. you go very far before you, yeah. you go past yeah. Bruno. 
Yes, well, again, another Spaniard, but he may not call, I mean, call himself that. But he's, he's um, he, I mean, he, he settled into his stride fairly quickly. It was quite quick and early. To I, see I say that injury, injury, early on, he was quite injury prone as well, though, wasn't he? He was, was like, yeah, he was a first bit. Three yeah. or, first three seasons or yeah. so. And after that, he just seemed to, hmm. something happened. I don't know if he's yeah. like suddenly got sorted yeah. out his hamstrings or his... Yeah, uh, seemed to be. But well, he was brilliant. He sorted there. out his diet. I mean, his famous diet of virtually no fat yeah. at all. And he's skinny as a rake. He probably weighs about six stone. But, um, his but first... even at the end of last season, he was still performing at a reasonable level. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if, they kept it, if he'd stayed on, to be honest. It wouldn't have been unfeasible, would it? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the, one of the ultimate favourites, cult icons, you know, of, of a number of friends. And just from the sound of it, quite a likeable bloke as well. Yeah. Just a genuinely... Yeah. Your, every time you saw about the community, it was him who was there. Yeah. And... I've had the pleasure to meet him a couple of times. He's been very personable, really nice guy. Um, he's a bit taller than I think people realise as well. He's not, I, I don't know for sure, but I think he's about six foot. In, in my mind's eye, he's about 5'10", five, 5'11". Five yeah, I thought he was 5'10". Like. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not much of a difference, but that, that extra bit of height when, yeah, you, when help, you're face-to-face yeah. with him, you realise, oh, actually there's a bit more about him physically than that. But his first touch, amazing. One of the best first touches yeah. I've seen in an Alpine shirt. And there's been some good ones recently, but he's up there with them. And... That's a delight to see because we've been used to a poorer standard of football. Yeah. Even under Poyet, it was a a polishing of a a certain level of player, shall we say? Whereas this was we're moving on with some better quality players. We've mentioned Vicente as well and other players that came in that had a better technical ability. And yeah. he amongst them was a delight. And his first touch was super superb. I think Noon actually ironically had a really good first touch. Craig Noon. Yeah. Um, wasn't as great as Bruno proportionally within position as. Uh, but but nonetheless, he, he was quite good. But yeah, he, I mean, Bruno certainly one of my favourites. Um, In terms of it, it's not quite the same as a player of the decade. But Zamora came back for a year. I was yeah. there when he scored at Leeds in that goal. Oh, Late on, when he yeah. came on and scored like, the last minute at Leeds, his yeah. first goal back for the Albion, and that was. Yeah. You know, obviously it's not quite what he did. He only scored like seven goals this time, but he he contributed mm. until he got injured for the last three months, and he made a difference. And it was just yeah, obviously one of my. I mean, I was I was eighteen. I wasn't like one of my childhood heroes, but he was mm. someone who kind of like uh, you know kind of made it. Was one of my the first players who really was, if if at all, was a kind of genuine superstar at Albion in terms of what he did and that sort of thing in my time. You have to include Murray as well, don't you? Because he at the yeah. beginning of the decade he was still there in that promotion period. Um, and for whatever reason was let go. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and obviously he's come back and. Not this season, but in general, he's been a good addition. I mean, he's when I when I when they signed him back in January permanently on that January deal, hmm. I thought he would probably just being confirming it in case it didn't go up and that sort of thing. But he he had two really good seasons in brought certainly hmm. a year and a half very good season in Premier League. Yeah, for us, which I thought was more than he expected from him. Yeah, and he's very much more an Albion man than a Palace man again now. Yeah. as a result, second top scorer ever in yeah. realistic. Records. He'll always have that taint on him from a lot of people from Palace, but mm. from my point of view, we we decided to let him not to not yeah, keep him. Well, I know and an so Albion. it's like, what what more choice did he have? He chose to go to a club that wanted him. Yeah, I know an Albion fan that still refuses to celebrate goals if Murray scores. Them. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's a bit too much, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, anything is too much now. I mean, he's basically done it for us. He's got promoted twice hmm. over in that in that decade, Good and also off. then hmm. kept us in the Premier League twice. Yeah. So with his goals, so I mean, anyone who has any grudge against him now, I mean, people forget that footballers are footballers. They're not mm. like most of them aren't fans, mm. so they're they're, they're going to get a living where they can. And, and he wants to stay in touching distance of the area. So yeah, as a player, 
he's always been that player who's been positionally aware, quite wise, quite astute, reads the game well, good, good with his head, um, he's good in six-yard box, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, th- I don't think that's ever changed. And I mean, t- to misquote uh, C6 Steve, um, I started with nothing and I've still got most of it left. You could say the same of Murray with his pace, couldn't you? Um, pace was never his thing. Yeah, it never is. Yeah. Um, but he was a fantastic contributor to us. Um, I guess you'd have to include the current regime of Dunk and Duffy have had a major part to play. Yeah, I, I'd decade. agree with that. I think Dunk there's one or two others who maybe don't get the credit deserved. So Pascal Brush, for example. Mm, yeah. Three million pound signing in our, in our first year of player of the year. When did he sign first year of the Prem, wasn't yeah. he? So he's been first, year, first season he was Premier League of the Year. Two and a half he's years. He's created something like the second or third most uh, chance in Premier League yeah. since he's been here or something like that. He is, yeah. you know, I mean, when for all the fact people say, oh, well, it's just set pieces, that sort of thing, yeah. he still creates an awful lot of chances. Yeah, and he was, as, as we worked out, it's a quarter of a decade he was with us. So and Matty Ryan as well. I mean, yeah. you can't help but love him. He's like kind of... Yeah. yeah, he hates Palace for starters. Yeah, well, we, we <laughs> and uh, he just like the way he kind of leaps up, runs <laughs> up fields. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. celebrates I mean, the team and the passion he shows. He's, and, he, and he's also a brilliant goalkeeper. Who I think if he was like two or three inches tall, would probably be a top six keeper. Yeah. But, but clear, because he's not, we're lucky to have him. Clearly, his main strength is celebrating goals from the other end, pitch running forwards. He's done that a number of times. <laughs> but no, I mean he's somebody we missed out actually when we're talking about development of current squad. Uh, Ryan. Um, I think he's always been, in essence, a good shot stopper. But I think the issue was perhaps with his distribution before. Do you think that's improved this season? See, I, I always thought his distribution was okay. I thought it was his major distribution. I always thought it was off his line hmm. um, because he's not big, and so and I think he probably still is, to be honest. Um, but I would say that his distribution is is okay and it's fine. I think he has a lot more short passes now, so he's probably stacks are probably better. Um, hmm. Whereas, like with Houston, he was like lumpy up to Murray a lot of the time, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not bad. Well, I mean, there's probably a number of other players we can mention, but we want to kind of sidestep it into the aspect of best 11s. Now, we haven't thought about this in advance. This is something we've just thrown mm. in there. Um, could we make an 11 up? We might embarrass ourselves by not being able to think of anyone of suitable I, mean, I think Ryan, obviously, would go Ryan, hell for me. I mean, I'd go with him as well. So there's quite a good competition, actually, in, in yeah. the. In the tens, because um, Kuzak was pretty decent, yeah. and um, Stockdale obviously was pretty decent. But I think Ryan is a class above both of those. So who do we have on the bench then? Stockdale for his contribution. I think probably just about Stockdale. Yeah. But Kuzak again, we were quite lucky with keepers in the yeah in that decade. Do we have yeah. thin Scott Stockdale or, or not so thin? Well, obviously Stockdale. they are in Stockdale, obviously. Yeah. So <laughs> the Stockdale um, who saved three penalties within two months or whatever, kind of like yeah. for us, and he heard like you know, he made obviously a huge part in keeping. Yeah. Taking his up, but I would I would say Kuzak wasn't yeah. far off as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did well for us. Um, right back, I mean Montoya in the fourth of the time. It seems to be coming into his I own again. Bruno but has but to Bruno's be. got to be the man, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, there's no question. What about left back? See, I I really like Bernardo, but I don't think he's done mm. enough yet. Yeah, I would be very tempted to say Wayne Bridge. Yeah, I, I think, think he was so incredible that season he had for us. And I know it was only a season, but he was. And I think Bernardo will overtake that in terms of like yeah. at some point pretty soon. But he's never been a regular. He's never he's been in and out quite a lot and injuries and mm. being dropped for various reasons, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, it's going to ominously could get quite boringly agreeable. But I think I agree with you so far on all of these. So so we've got Ryan in goal. We've got Bruno at right back, and I'm with you on Wayne Bridge at left back as well. And I suspect we're both agreed on Dunk as one of the centre backs as well. I think it's hard to disagree. I think with that. say no more about Dunk. We we all know what Dunk's all about. Who would you have with him though? 
think Duffy probably. Yeah, I think, I think based was, on the Premier League. Yeah, in all based on years. promotion yeah. and the two seasons that he's had yeah. and the fact that he was Player of the Year last year, yeah. unquestionably in my mind. Yeah. Obviously, not, neither of the new signings like Byrne and Webster have done enough yet. Yeah. Greer, I think, would be a, yeah. a, a decent shell. I think he goes on the bench. But yeah, I think he probably does. Yeah, Upsilom was brilliant for a season as well, yeah. a season and a half. Yeah. Um, I think maybe on longevity, kind of. I'd, I'd probably tend to go Greer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, so who would be a fullback on the bench? Have a fullback on the bench? Um, yeah, probably. I think I'd be in time. I'd be inclined to go with Montoya because I think he's been yeah. doing well enough over a period now. I'm, I might go I with Bernardo because I think last season Bernardo did more than Montoya mm, when they were both yeah. in the team. Yeah, but yeah, so. I'm happy to. Yeah, it's a collaborative decision. We can see if we can test. Well, we have different teams, aren't we? It's like we could, we could indeed. Yeah, we could have one team against the other. Who knows? Be interesting. Well, they're the same players, mate. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> well, it'd be like playing uh, computer games, wouldn't it? Really? But. Uh, um, so yeah, who do we go beyond that in midfield then? Do we have Stevens in? He's been a very regular. I, I would go player. with Stevens. I say Stevens on proper personally. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, definitely Stevens because <coughs> he's played over a substantial period. Yeah. Despite some criticisms along the way, I think he's he's contributed a lot. There may be some people issues. forget that that promotion season that they yeah. had five or six games without him. When they checked Wednesday, they were about the only game he won without him. Yeah. That's right, that's he, right. He, he was brilliant, generally. He was part of that spine, wasn't he? Yeah. he, was, he was and I, I, I stick it properly. He's been a key part of the last two and a bit years. And yeah. I, would, I would generally say that he must be, hmm. I would say personally. Okay, so we go with those two. Then who else do we have in whatever combination of on, further forward players on, we want to go with? Oh, you're going to go, for, I was going to say on the bench. I think I'd be tempted to go with, it's a hard one on the bench, because I think Brickcut mm. probably deserves almost to be on the bench. Despite the way he lost, we, you know, he left us. Maybe, maybe. I would, I'm wondering if there's someone else out there. We don't want to say Vicente because he'd be injured, I think. Maybe have him on the bench. Oh, I, mean, I meant Brick up on the bench in terms of like, yeah, oh, well, like yeah, so a sub-central midfielder. In terms of other bench options, ooh, I don't know, it's this tricky one, isn't it? I don't know, I'm not sure if I can really think of anyone that stands out. We've got a number of players who are all of around Well, creatively, same. I suppose you could argue Orlando or Lopez might deserve a bit mm. of the bench over Vicente just in terms of their reliability in a way. Yeah. I'm going to be a little controversial on the wing. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Knockar, which I think is quite an yeah. unsurprising one, and yeah. Buckley. Oh, Buckley! Yeah. For all the fact he left us and for all his injury problems, yeah. that first couple of year and a bit at the at the, um, at the MX, he yeah. was destroy, he destroyed teams. Yeah, I remember Dan Hardy being dragged off at half time, having been jeered the whole half the against Forest. Oh, no, home and Forest. Oh, Forest! No, Carroll yeah. like Car- yeah. uh, uh, did him at Leeds, but oh, yeah, home to Forest, so. Buckley absolutely destroyed him. And he was being abused the whole half, and he. <laughs> that was a good, good moment. Yeah, Buckley was good, wasn't he? He wasn't as good as Zaha, which a lot of fans got a little overexcited yeah. and said, uh, much to the scornful uh, repost of, uh, of Palace. Fans. For a couple of years, he was, he was, he was. I would say very. He scored a lot of goals for us and crucial goals. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe a good shout. I'll have a think about that. I think I'm. It, I would say a lot of people disagree with that, partly because of the way he recently left, and partly because of mm. his injury record. But also, you'd be playing them both on the same side, wouldn't you? Not I, I, I just moved Knockout to the left. Uh, is he at his best there? I don't know. Probably it's controversial, not. isn't it? Um, he probably would appreciate it either. But I think much as I, I take it to the fantasy team rather than <laughs> you can play anyone anywhere. Anyway, almost. yeah. I mean, much as I um, had my reservations about certain elements of Knockout's persona. You'd have to put him in there because he was a driving force in the promotion season. Well, he's sold he didn't as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, apart from his red cards, he's done pretty well for us overall. He hasn't always been at his best. 
But again, for that was two million or whatever we paid for him. Yeah, yeah. Or two and a half, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not Even if Fulham don't sign him permanently, we've got, we've got double that back on loan field, mm. like Paris basically, so. I don't know what I'd have as a left attacker or left midfielder. Um, I guess you could say Trossard's somebody that could fit into that role further down the line. But yeah, he's done nothing so far. Izquierdo, maybe, is an argument. He's been inconsistent. He hasn't, he's blown hot and cold a bit. He's had his injuries. I'm not really sure, actually. I'm struggling with this it's squad. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, I mean, Noon was good for a while, even. But um, I don't think he really fits up with the others. Um, <coughs> not really sure. Yeah. You've got a different formation. Yeah, I might do. I might, I might end up with the four. Oh, do you have Orlandi on the left? He was very good. Could for stick Orlandi on the left, yeah. I did like a bit of Orlandi. Pretty good. Pretty Again, good. when he was fit. Yeah. Um, or maybe even, um, I don't know, Luai Luai had his moments, didn't he? But he was, he was again, again sadly too few and far between for yeah, a lot of ways. Hit and miss overall. Never forget the moments at Charlton. Um, what a great, great game the yeah, 4 Yeah, I was there that day. I was like, we went to a family friend's wedding. Yeah. And, we're like, and she, she's a West Ham fan and she was getting more and more apologetic as we kept getting goal after goal. <laughs> well, I think if I remember rightly, in this very same pub, the Royal Oak, um, I met a couple of since good friends, Tim and Duncan, uh, on the way to the game pre-match uh, on that day. I think that was the right game I'm talking about there. So, you know, happy what a memories. day for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm not sure, not really sure with that. But let, I'm eagerly looking to go further forward here. Strikers. Murray has to get in there. Yeah, it's got to be 100%. Beyond that, McKen- who have got McKen- I mean, Tuba Axon has to be a good chance. <laughs> Definitely. Why wouldn't you go with him? Hamed, who else have we had? We've had a whole load of. Bulldog. Bulldog did alright, didn't he, for a while? Yeah. Um, we've had a load of. Terrible loanies. Sam Vokes, who's gone on to do better, yeah. wasn't good for us. Billy Bent, Painter. Painter. Barn door Billy. Uh, Barnes, maybe. Barnes, I think. Barnes well, might be tempting, he actually. He didn't play as an out-and-out striker. That was the only thing, did he? Really? Well, not, yeah, but he can. But I mean, yeah. Murray and Barnes, actually, out front again, back into, looking at the back at the beginning of the decade again. Yeah. Stick them in with Knockhart and someone else on the left. I don't think by much time to go Barnes. I think Barnes yeah. got double figures like, two years in a row yeah. and was on target for it the third year. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked more or less about a decent enough squad there, or a decent enough team. Squad, who else would you flesh it out with? So we've got so, Stock- goalkeeper Stockdale or Cushtown? Say Stockdale, probably. Yeah. i go Bernardo on the bench for okay, full-back. Let's, let's go Bernardo, let's have him. Greer? Greer, yeah. Yeah, then... So for sure, I'd be tempted to go Brickcut, because for all, again, he left the way he left. Yeah. I'd be tempted to go with him, because, yeah, he was... He, he was often, good, wasn't he? Yeah. He was good, and he came in roughly right on the beginning of the decade, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can go. We can go with him. David Lopez, I think, maybe on the bench. Oh, Spanish Dave for that free kick alone against yeah. Palace. But he was he was a decent little player, wasn't he? Um, and then who else do we have in there? I think I tend to go with Grosh to a different element on the yeah. bench, yeah. attacking midfielder. Yeah, and then Morpay then. And Morpay maybe yeah, or maybe some more just for like old time's yeah. sake. Yeah. Well, I think we've we've got a decent enough squad, yeah. haven't we? Not too bad, not too bad. Okay, well. Um, final elements of today is to talk about the contemporary issues. Oh dear, one of them we don't want to talk about. It's in big letters here on our screen, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we're going to make this as brief as possible because this isn't really the way we want to start a podcast, talking about a disastrous result and performance. I had the pleasure of not going to the game. You had the displeasure of going. Peter, what's your, t- what's your take on this horror show? I would say that I think it's, less, it's more a disastrous performance than a disastrous result probably. Hmm. Personally, I think we going out isn't the end of the world. 
think the manner in which we went out was was really bad, and we should have. Yeah, we obviously didn't. I'm not sure we weren't bothered. I just think I think in reflection, I think on the day I was really pissed off and felt we weren't bothered. But I think mm. we probably were bothered. It's just that we didn't. Yeah. We didn't work. There were too many players who didn't turn up. Mm. Um, I would say that we we would. I think we probably thought we were probably going to cruise it possibly or. We could put our team and just like walk it. Once it didn't happen, we lost our way and kind of struggled. Hmm. And Wednesday looked more interested. But even then, they won it through a free kick that we shouldn't have given away. It was a stupid. Uh, yeah. I was largely stuck. He should never have put his foot up so yeah. high in the area. Yeah. It, you can work out. Even anyone can work out what you know they're going to get a free kick. And then the wall shouldn't have effectively yeah. jumped to get out the way of it or kind of took a deflection have, as well. Yeah. So, a bit of bad luck so as well. I mean, yeah. as both of those Sheffield games recently have been dreadful. I missed the Christmas ones, which were much better, yeah. and been to the two Sheffield ones, and both of those should have been nil nil. Yeah. Um, because we, we made a cock up against United to to lose it. And we made a cock up against Wednesday yeah. to lose it. And if they'd both been nil nil, we couldn't have complained. We didn't, we didn't do enough to win either game. But yeah. I don't think either team particularly deserved mm. did enough to win. But then the other hand, we didn't have enough to get back into it either. So once we were one nil down, we were never going to yeah. get a point. It's or, one of those, or, isn't it? Or get a draw in the cup. It's one of those. Good old Wednesday, come back to. And actually, to be honest, I'd rather once it got to the last few minutes, I'd rather we didn't get a draw. Yeah. I don't think we wanted a draw. I don't think no. that'd be the worst possible result. Win or lose. Losing was better probably yeah. than, than drawing. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, and I wasn't. Obviously, I was cheering us on to try and get any cards in the last yeah. minute. Yeah. But well, I don't think that it would have been a good thing if we had. No. I mean, for me, um, austerity measures uh, ensue at the moment, so I've had to budget a few games, and I've, I didn't go to the match, so I was left with a uh, stream online, which rather thankfully kept buffering, which I think was a good thing. Uh, but uh, not, not the greatest of games or results. Um, however, you know, we, we move on. Um, in terms of Wednesday, I, I didn't bother looking at any of the social media and stuff, but it seems like from friends I've spoken to that... Uh, the Sheffield Wednesday media phenomenon, or social media phenomenon, has reared its ugly head again. Apparently a load of Wednesday fans with what I, I don't know if it's right to call a superiority complex. They're constantly obsessed with size and history and all this other stuff and talking about how we're Tim Pot. It keeps coming up. But we've been averaging larger crowds than them for a number of years. We got, I think it was 20,000 at this game. I'm not sure Wednesday would have got that for an FA Cup match three years into a Premier League campaign against a side of equivalent to Wednesday as an away side. Um, anything to say on that? They seem to be on this Bannon list that you've mentioned Middlesbrough earlier. We yeah, there's a few. Luton. There's a few I, I would say there's, there's some... Are they in there? I would say they're up, up there quite high. There's quite a few teams who are fans. Mm. Villa is another one who oh. think Newcastle... <laughs> yeah, they can be. There's Leeds, obviously. I think Leeds are top. Yeah. I, I think, think Leeds probably must be told Wednesday actually might be second. Yeah. Just I mean, in their views of their, their you know I mean the fact is that it doesn't matter about your history and that sort of thing. But they haven't really it's not like they've won European Cups or Premier regular regularly won the league or something like that. The Leeds are champions of the world, yeah. I mean, or something I, no. I keep hearing. But Champions of Europe yeah. who've got our six shots <laughs> in the back as their key player. Yeah. As, I mean, you know, Leeds, as you say. Leeds and Wednesday in particular do have this massive obsession with the past. Yeah, I think one of my hearts this season is Leeds basically being you know, lauding Ben White, who probably won't be our sixth-choice centre-back next season, but at this moment in time, has been, he is. he's technically our sixth-choice centre-back, yeah. and he's seen as their best player, yeah. 
and it's and it's hilarious that they, uh, you know, the, how far they've dropped that a Brighton Loney is their best but, player. But surely you want to sign for that team, the biggest team yeah, well, in apparently the apparently so. And the only apparently the only person who can make him the player he is is Bielsa, which yes, is again right. like Bielsa bullshit. Yeah, Bielsa didn't sign him because he was he was good. He's he probably because he's inspired in our training session and saw him playing well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. But yeah, Wednesday are up there as well. Yeah. They've, they've got this very big idea of them yeah. being. Um, I find it very funny that United are quite high above them. Yeah, well, a... well, bless their cotton socks and everything. Well, we won't dwell on it anymore. I doubt they'll be up next week anyway. <laughs> Leeds may well be. That was your yeah. Wednesday won't be. So we'll see. And uh, they can they can enjoy even their having like conned their way through the playoffs against us by basically us being down to a ten men due to injuries and then a foul on Dunk. They still managed to cock it up against Hull. So yeah. So, fair play, and I can't disagree with any of that. Well, uh, final bit for this very bumper edition, uh, which is about an hour and 40 minutes in. Um, It's the Everton preview. As we record this, we have a game against Everton lined up for this weekend. Away at Goodison Park. Um, just a brief bit not of. Not us personally. <laughs> not us, though. No. I can't go to the game. Nor but, can I. Um, it's a thankless task, usually. We've, unlike the Chelsea game, we have actually had a draw there before and we have scored there before, but like Chelsea, we've never won there. Um, I think the head to head is something like they've won seven, we've won four, and the other five are drawn, I think. Um, I haven't looked at the, the stats today, but um, I think some of it was in the FA Cup. Um, I, all I know is I went in the last two seasons we lost them both Yeah, we did score though last season away there Yeah, they've lost 3-1 they've think, done really. the double over us in the second season in the top flight it's too young to remember that um, but uh, although I may have been to the home game um, but they've never done the double over us since um, we haven't had a huge history with them but we've not ever won there can we do it Peter is it possible I think it's doable I don't think I don't think we will Mm. Um, but I think it's doable. I think they obviously were pretty dreadful yesterday against Liverpool. Mm. Um, they lost to a basically a half a youth team. Yeah, the fans were screaming, yeah. weren't they, about that? Yeah. I mean, which must, I mean, it's the equivalent of us going to Palace and losing to mm. half their youth team. Yeah. Um, it must be very embarrassing. I know Liverpool obviously are very good, and their youth team is presumably pretty useful as well. But mm. to go there and lose with the team all pulled out was like ridiculous, mm. despite yeah. the, the the crazy goal that they scored. Yeah. So I I would say that they both teams are coming off a really bad result in the cup. Ancelotti will have Everton tossed out. I think they won't be the team that actually probably deserve to win at the Amex. Certainly deserve to draw. Yeah. Um, we were uh, even if like me, you think it was a penalty. I think I don't understand I, the FA, the Premier League thing about it wasn't the right change of, of, of policy on VAR was weird to me. He clearly did make contact. Mm. Whether or not you agree there should be a penalty to, to pick out that decision was bizarre to me. You know, mm. Mike Riley, who was always a terrible referee anyway, mm. to then go and like pick out that decision was odd because he. Um, Keane clearly did clip Connolly hmm. on you know, yeah, whether I mean, or not you think he stood on him hard enough or whatever it clearly was a, you know, a foul yeah. now it wouldn't have been given maybe in previous years and I get that but it wasn't the wrong decision to me yeah to, I'd, I'd agree with that I do think I can see why people were upset about oh, I can, it yeah, absolutely. it's not in the spirit of the game but technically speaking yeah, te- you, which is what they were talking about you could talk about how that was it clearly made contact, contact. Yeah, it's unintentional it may or may not have affected play probably not but then again you have fouls where the Someone knocks the ball past a, a defender who then fouls him, and then the ball goes out of play, 
and was yeah. never going to end in a goal because it was always going to go out of play. And it's still, it's still doing, a penalty. Yeah. That's so irrelevant. That's more the fall of the person. That, yeah. I mean, but, I, it was no question it was an accident, no question yeah. else. But the, the fact they singled one of those, that decision out of yeah. one of their four yeah. was very odd to me. And yeah. I, I mean, I've never rated Mike no. Riley. He was a dreadful referee in his day. No, true. And he's a, a dreadful referee's official as well. Two things I'll say about that is, first of all, I, I agree that, um, you know, it, it was singled out. And if it was the other way around, if Brighton had been wronged, I can't see that getting singled out because that just doesn't happen to yeah. certain clubs in the Premier League, does it, on, in the media. Um, and the, the other thing is that... Um, you know, it, it is what it is, and I think I, I probably would have been annoyed with it if it had been the decision. Oh, I definitely would have been the other way round. Let's be honest and my, about my that. My question mark is it's, it's being singled it's out. Like I mean, singled out, yeah. 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 It was it's, one of those decisions I, I could see until they went back on it yeah. being a more characteristic thing of VAR, that technically it is a foul, it's a bit like but the, um, you wouldn't be given ever in a normal play. But actually, maybe in a year's time at that point, might well have been quite a normal foul because yeah. it's... Yeah. I mean, actually, I think VAR should be a thing we talk about quite regularly. In this, I think on this it thing might be, actually. Because <laughs> I, to me, for example, linesmen have basically given up on their job. There are numerous mm. times when someone's blatantly offside. Louise against Arsenal, by the way, for example. Mm. And the Sheffield United guy as well. Yeah. Both of them were blatantly offside. And the linesmen didn't bother raising their flag. They just let VAR do it. Yeah, but yeah, if that's a save... It's become confusing, hasn't it? If that's that a role? save, then, instead, it's not offside. It's a corner instead, in which case they could then score from the corner. Yeah. So you're better off with allowing it in, in that sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's problematic, and I'm sure we will talk about VAR. There was, there was one yesterday where Origi kind of would have... Or, uh, the keeper made a really good save, but Pickford made a really good yeah. save from Origi. That's right. And actually, he'd have been better leaving it to go in because Origi would have been offside, as it was Liverpool got a corner. Mm. Well, we've so, done well getting about an hour 45 in before sorry, mentioning yeah. VAR. So I'm uh, quite impressed with that. I'm sure we will talk about it a lot over, over time. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, that was the only game where I truly felt we, Everton, in the home game, that we um, didn't deserve anything, or certainly not the win anyway, yeah. and we, we, we got more than we deserved. It was a game, classic game to me that showed the, the momentum of a goal, because mm. we, we went one up and we were looking quite comfortable, and then they scored yeah. soon afterwards, <laughs> and from that moment until we equalised, mm. they looked a better team for like about an hour almost, I'd say, mm. and then last 20 minutes, there was only one team looking like they were 15 minutes, one team looked like they were going to win it, and that was us. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And both times the, the equaliser changed the game completely. Yeah. Well, uh, the Everton game, I, I mean, yeah, we could win it. I think we might get a cheeky draw. I'd be delighted though. with a draw. I'd be happy with a draw. Mm. I think we might get a draw, a cheeky one. Because I think we're, we're digging in, we're, we're grinding out results a little bit now. Given their pace, ways. actually, having Bernardo at left back rather than Burn might be yeah, a real bonus. That could be an asset, yeah. We won't dwell on it too much more, but we'll, we'll see how we get on and we'll reconvene to talk about that one in due course, no doubt. Um, just to finish off this rather bumper edition of our very first episode of the Brighton Rock podcast, we want to mention one other thing which we've touched on earlier, which is Seagulls over London. We're both committee members. Um, we've got a growing membership and we have a new meeting coming up. It's bi-monthly. The next one is with Paul Camelin. It's on the 30th of January, isn't it? Um, at our new meeting place, which isn't here at the Royal Oak. It's at the larger venue of the Sir Christopher Hatton pub, which is in Chancery Lane area. Um, anybody's welcome to come along. There is a membership fee, which is £10 for the year, or you can pay £5 for the one-off. Um, it's from 7pm, where we meet up from about 6 o'clock onwards. Um, the actual meeting itself starts at 7. The guest is Paul Camelin, who will be talking about various things to do with the Albion. He's the press officer, of course, and has been for a while at the Albion. And um, we'll also be looking at trying to increase the membership. So anybody would be very, very welcome to come along, either to that or to future events that we're planning ahead. 
Um, Peter, anything to say on that? No, I just everyone's welcome, so definitely come along and uh, join us. It'll be an interesting night. Fantastic. Uh, on that note, we're going to leave it for the evening. We hope you've enjoyed this. We hope you've tolerated it long enough to stick to the end. Um, future episodes will be shorter because we have rather a lot to talk about with this first edition with the decade ending and being halfway through a season and all and introducing ourselves. But future episodes will be a little bit more concise. We hope you'll stick with us. Hope you enjoy it. And, well, all we can say is stand or fall up the Albion. Cheers. Cheers. Just as one footnote to our podcast, um, Paul Camelin, who we mentioned as a press officer, is actually head of media and communications. want to give him his proper title. Apologies to Paul. Um, hopefully you guys can come along and listen to what he has to say. And good night again. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.